this is Angelo with Danceable Thoughts, and this is our weekly podcast. Hear it tonight, use it tomorrow. Okay, some of you aren't going to admit it, but you get a little bit of a rush by meeting deadlines. We might have a thing called adrenaline junkies as a subset of our culture and dance team directing. But I want to think about this in the best possible terms. You're going to be managers of your stress, not victims of your stress. I imagine most of you have at this point gotten, you're very close to going to your first contest. You may have actually attended one. You might have had a public performance of your stuff. But as we are approaching week two of February, most people are ready to go to contests. So we're going to start right off the bat with some practical reminders. There are three or four things that absolutely have to be done before you ever think about getting your kids on the performance floor. One is you got to know how you're going to get there. So this is a friendly reminder to all of you, whether you think you put in those bus requests or not, Monday morning, first thing, send an email, make a phone call, make sure that you have your transportation lined up and scheduled because nothing is more frightening than standing on the bus ramp waiting and them not show. Having lived through it many times, go ahead and take care of that. Second thing, where are you going and what are you going to be wearing? Beginning of the week, whatever it takes, give up your lunch hour, think through every single costume piece, accessory, foundation piece that you want your dancers to wear. Give yourself a moment to say to your, your, your managers or whoever your parent helpers are, or if it's just you, whoever, say to yourself, these are all the things that go with each costume in the way that I envision it from the top of their heads, how their hair will be styled, hair pieces, all the way through, like I said, those foundation garments as well, all the way down to their feet. What are they wearing? Are they doing socks? Are they doing uh, shoes? Are they doing uh, turners? Go through the entire list. Put it in writing, something you can share with your helpers. Last week, we talked about helpers. This is where you, if you're an army of one running your team, get it written down so you can find someone to share it with. Speaking of sharing information, you've got to know. So you got to get there. you got to have something to wear. you got to know what the schedule is. I picked up on this skill very early on in my career where I would create a complete schedule for my team, talking about Everything from what time they reported, when they would be dressed for uh, a particular performance, whatever, you know, how much time they had before warm-up. So that's an entire lesson in itself, making a schedule. Some people do not like to micromanage their team's days. I think it's a secret to success. But you got to make some thoughts on your own. But at the very minimum, you've got to have a schedule for your kids that says, when should we be dressed? When should we have breaks? Let them see what that looks like. You also want to share that with your parents. Now, they don't need necessarily the micromanaged version of it. In fact, my next conversation is that if you are someone who allows your parents back in the dressing room to help you, then find two or three copies of that that you will distribute to them so that they also know what the schedule is so that they're not coming up to you and asking you questions throughout the day. So if you have, like I said, team moms, legit team moms that are back there, costume moms helping, they need to have an independent view of the schedule so that they are not constantly asking, what do we do next? I want to talk to you again about those, I'm going to call them your fan base, your parents. You want them to be independent on contest day. So you want to have 
information for them, how to get to the contest. Please wear a team color. You need to have information for them so that they are independent. You need to let them know if there's going to be a spectator entrance fee. You've got to give them an idea of what the concessions are going to cost them so that they are not blindsided when they arrive. You also need to have a policy in place for how you want your students to handle interacting with their fans, whether it's their family or their friends. So that's another thing that you might work into your conversations, maybe when you're doing cool down, you're doing summary time. Hey, these are some things I want you to think about, reminders. This also is another excellent topic for peer-to-peer explanations. So if you sit down maybe with your social officers, your leaders, and say to them, here's how I want us to interact with our fan base, and you be the messengers to your peers about that. Very important because you don't want kids to feel like, oh, I can just do whatever I want on contest day. They need to be with their team. That's my opinion. They need to know that their time on a contest day is to be spent with their teammates in camaraderie, in in support for the other performers, and then, of course, in their own minds, um, getting themselves mentally prepared, ready for the performances. So think through that. Independent fan base, give them the info so they're not asking you. Also, I want you to think about yourself and your practical prep for yourself. So silly as it sounds, you need to go ahead and plan what you're going to wear. You need to know what you're going to wear. Have it all planned out. Be excited about it. I know that fashion seems silly, but when you feel good about the way you look, what you're wearing, that you're comfortable, it, it's going to give you a boost of energy and a boost of confidence. I also want to say to you that are just a bunch of bag ladies or bag guys, um, and meaning that in the funniest possible way. I often refer to the bag that I take everywhere as my Mary Poppins bag. In my Mary Poppins bag, it is my bag. It is not necessarily the one that I'm sharing with the team. So my Mary Poppins bag is my personal emergency bag. So if you need, uh, cough drops, if you need personal hygiene items, you want your makeup kit, you want to have your favorite chapstick, you need some medication, your personal bag needs a check through. I'd say do this a couple nights before, Um, restock it. If you like to have a certain kind of candy, you need some M&Ms in your bag for just in case, restock your Mary Poppins bag and have it ready for you to go so that anything that you need for yourself is at your fingertips. You're taking care of everybody else. Be sure you're taking care of you. Very important reminder. Okay, let's talk about your team. We've talked about the practical stuff. Let's talk about getting them ready to perform because that's why we're here. My first thought is that you need to do some viewing, reviewing, listening. So have you had a performance? Have you been to contest? Have you done something where someone has given you some critiques? So I, I say the twice through method works first. Listen through the critiques, view the videos once through just in its totality. Then do it through a second time where you actually physically take some notes for yourself from your critique person. Maybe they've handed you some written critiques as well. One time through is just for you. The second time through is to start making notes. This is an actual practical, important, this is an Angela thing, but it works so well. Please watch your videos with the sound off. So once you've done those first two run-throughs, if you've got an opportunity, and this may not happen all in the same sitting, take the time to watch your videos with the sound 
off, no music. So you're watching them. Suddenly you're going to say to yourself, Ooh, I'm hearing the music in my head, but is the choreography actually musical? Is the musicality there? Are there dynamics in the kids' movements? So you may be hearing wham, pow, whoosh kind of sound effects in the music or, you know, this exhalation, this contraction is supposed to be so beautiful. And then you're seeing it without the sound effect and you're realizing that it's not reading. It's not exaggerated enough. So you're going to get a great sense of what needs to be improved in your kids' performance qualities when you watch videos without the music. And you're also going to look at it from a very practical point of view because without the music there to distract you and set the tone and the mood, you're going to be very clinical about what you're seeing as far as the execution, the technique, the precision. And of course, these are all different areas of your score sheet that you may want to focus on. So let's move into that concept of what you want to focus on. So in previous podcasts, we talked about the four two balance, four things that you absolutely need to prioritize and get done and two things that you'd like to do if time permits. So what I would say to you is looking at each of your big performance groups. Uh, I always start team first, create four to balance for each of those four things that you know that during this week you want to focus on to prepare them and then two things if time permits I'm going to say that every team situation is different every contest critique is different every judging panel is different so as much as you know about the setting that you're about to put your kids in that may guide you in the way that you decide what your priorities are don't be naive and think that Um, I know exactly what the judges are going to look at. No, you need to look at, and all the companies do a great job of this, look at the critique sheets that they're going to be using for you. Look at those score sheets. Look how they are, are balanced out as far as point distribution. I want you to think whether they're heavier on this or that. I want you to be very practical because you, if you were like me, I purposely went to different companies' contest each week so that I had to prioritize different things in the way I was addressing my team's overall critiques, performances, that kind of thing. So I want you to think about this. So that's a little work you do and then create your 4-2 balance, your priority list for each of them. So let's talk about cleaning and polishing. I'm going to use something from math class that you're going to, some of you are going to shirk away from this. But do you remember learning something about order of operations? That the things that you found in parentheses you're supposed to do first? Well, I want you to think about anytime your team is in unison movement on the floor, big group unison movement that's a parentheses section. So anytime the whole group is out there and anytime there's unison and even unison being a kind of, because most choreography has a part A, part B thing happening or progression thing, put parentheses around those. So let's work with big unison sections, full group sections from the end of the routine backwards. So that's one idea. When you are then cleaning and polishing Uh, then it's up to you to think about what are my uh, priorities within this section. I'm going to tell you that the first thing you're going to look at probably by instinct is the cleaning, the, the polish of it, the precision of it. When you are thinking about arm placement, shoulder placement, hip placement, 
foot closures, all those little details, those also register as technique moments. So before you clean something specifically, check the technical execution. Look across your group. Let's do a single pirouette. Even if it's a multiple pirouette in the choreography, everybody just do a single pirouette. I want you to sustain the shape that you are turning in. So you take that little element out of it, that little moment, and then you say, all right, let's make sure we're doing that correctly. It may be that they're hyperextending their arms on their prep. Then when you put them into the multiple rotations, um, you want to say, all right, go back to that fundamental. So looking in cleaning at funda technique fundamentals. So not just cleaning placement, but cleaning prep, shape, and then this is a biggie, the closing of any movement the closing down of the arms, the, the way the feet finish after a pirouette or after a turn. So minute technical details actually help you also clean precision. So that's very important in your order of operations. Um, the second thing that I would tell you to think about in cleaning and polishing are you're talking to your feature groups. This is another conversation that could go on for hours. But first, first and foremost, your feature groups are special usually they're made up of special dancers officers those type of things so give them some time in rehearsal but also give them a sense of responsibility that may be something that they need to clean for five minutes or 15 minutes on their own at some point so i want you to think about your feature groups having a sense of personal responsibility you're not going to stop an entire rehearsal and clean for them they also need to have among them not always just the captain or the top officer, someone who knows the choreography and who can help with them. So, for example, we're cleaning the ensemble, we're cleaning the core group behind them while the features are standing to the side. Your officers may be asked to step out and help clean the ensemble, the big group, so someone besides the officers should be responsible for the content and the cleaning details that happen for the feature group over on the side. So there's never any downtime. A feature group is always working when the ensemble is cleaning their stuff. The feature group should not be standing over there taking a break. And you cannot just empower your officers because many times those student leaders are the very ones that you need to help you clean the bigger groups. So feature groups, a couple of things also to think about. And anywhere in your choreography, where there's a lift or a stunt, no matter what, all week long, every lift, every stunt gets run once or twice outside of the actual run with the music. Because successful lifts and stunts come down to muscle memory. They've got to have muscle memory. They've got to know what to do, um, how to react if something is off balance or something comes down wrong or doesn't go up smoothly. So lifts and stunts get extra reps, not just when you want run the routine. So factor that into every rehearsal that you say, okay, before we switch routines, I need stunts or lifts. I need you to go to the back, run each of them three times. Put that in there. It's muscle memory. Going to a point I brought up earlier, talking about quality of performance, showmanship, energy, that type of thing. This is a time when we use the phrase, faces full out. All week long, you have to have runs for your performances that are faces full out. Acting, dynamic expression. There's nothing more, I'm going to say, 
challenging to kids than thinking that, or that kids think that they can just turn it on and off like a light switch. It absolutely doesn't happen that way. Acting takes practice. So they've got to learn to do their facial expressions. They've got to inhabit the music. They've got to interpret and communicate it up to an audience. I really have said frequently lately on talk tapes and critique tapes to dancers, please don't internalize the story you're telling. You've got to have it internalized to understand it, but you've got to share it out. So don't let the moment of performance be a selfish moment, a self-indulgent moment where it's just you feeling the moment. Express the emotions up and out to the audience. Incredibly important. So faces full out all week long, a couple of times, just like we're talking about lifts and stunts and special moments being muscle memory expressions. And I do not mean the A-E-I-O-U vowels. You can see my face if you imagine my face making the crazy smiles. I'm talking the genuine energy. They've got to learn to channel it and in the sense, turn it on and off like a light bulb. But it's something that they practice. They've got to practice their energy and their expression. Last thing I'm going to talk about, and this is probably my weakness in life because my favorite thing was choreography, but you are going to probably feel an urge to do some choreography updates. If you've already done one performance that has been adjudicated, you have probably heard some choreography conversations. And so this is your week to sprinkle I'm thinking sprinkles like on it's, you know, Valentine's is coming up. I need you to be sprinkling changes in. This is not the time to make a stew. Think about it. Let's get in the kitchen for a moment. When you are making a stew, you take all the ingredients and you chop them up and you throw them in a pot and you stir them around. While that is fun to do with dances, there is, there is some real fun to just say, let's change this section. Let's add this. Let's add that. Not every performance group can do that. Not every sense of, not every group of kids can handle those, those big changes. And, uh, while it creatively makes you excited to play with those, those things. And again, I'm speaking very honestly from a point of my personality, because I chop up dances. I make stew. Uh, I want you to think about sprinkles. What sprinkling can I do? What simple sprinkles can I put into this choreography that will make it better? So you may have had on your talk tapes, or you may have had from your visiting extra sets of eyes, you may have had some choreography ideas. Sprinkle in the changes. Pick one or two. Don't go much past that. One or two per dance. Now, sometimes those things can be very effective if it's something like adding levels or it's something like changing the facings on some of the individuals. Maybe a choreography update is is just adding some contrast where you have someone doing something uh, sharper and, and, and more precise and while the other group is doing sustained or slow movement. Sprinkle in your choreography changes because I'm thinking of you in the long run. You probably have more performances of this choreography coming up. At this point, I don't think anybody is one and done. So start with simple changes. And as your kids have managed all the other things we've talked about, they've become more comfortable as performers. They've uh, improved their precision. They've improved their technique, those types of things. Then you can start adding those choreography changes. So to summarize, because we've had a lot of things to talk about. We've talked about deadlines. We've talked about practical things that you need to do. One of the key points was that I said that you want to uh, schedule 
your day. You want your kids and you and your fan base, your support group to understand that there's a sense of independence that has to happen on contest days, that kids need to know what they're doing, parents need to know what's happening. So giving them that information, that scheduling. Also, don't forget to take care of you. I mentioned my Mary Poppins bag. I wonder if you have one. Love to hear what's in your Mary Poppins bag. We talk about team prep. We talked about looking at at the videos that you have. Um, a key takeaway from that will probably be for many of you to watch your videos with the sound off. Very revealing. We talked about when it's time to clean and polish your dances that there's an order of operations. And I said to put the parentheses, because that's what you do first, parentheses about any moment that is a big everybody on the floor um, section of the dance Everything this is unison, even if it's a part A, part B. So anything that is, you know, an all play, everybody's on the floor, put the parentheses around it. Talk about performance quality all week with your kiddos. Energy, facial expressions, dynamics in the way that they're moving. These are important. And then lastly, because it's very tempting, reminding you that you want to make simple choreography changes going into this week. And then as all the other pieces fall into place, you can start playing with more exciting um, choreographic experiments. I hope you've enjoyed all of these ideas. I hope they are helpful to you. I'm going to promise you that we're going to get an extra um, hear it tonight, use it tomorrow, sometime during this week, a little bit more detail about cleaning and polishing. So look for that extra episode coming up this week. For now, I hope these, these ideas have been useful to you. I hope you'll hear them tonight. You'll put them to use tomorrow. I hope that you will think these things through and your dancers will dance them out. Thanks for listening. This has been Angela with Danceable Thoughts.